0: Good morning. I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today, it's almost time for the 2022 Hancock County Fair. President Jeff Cole and events manager Haley Reese give us an early preview of what's new this year. And here's a hint, a lot is new this year. Also this morning, it's been three months since we've had to think about it. We have a reminder of what the law says about driving in school zones and around school buses as city students get set to head back to class this week. And to your health this morning, psoriasis is far from a rare condition, but one that has seen few medical advancements in the past 25 years. Now, the FDA has given approval to a new topical treatment offering potential relief for millions. We'll get details. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Monday, August 22nd, 2022. Today is Be an Angel Day. Be an angel day today, and we can all do this. You can be someone's angel with just a random act of kindness today, and you know what? This is kind of interesting. A new study finds that it really is the thought that counts when people do good deeds. Uh, Researchers from the University of Texas at Austin and the University of Chicago Uh, working on a joint project, have found that people who carry out random acts of kindness underestimate how much their actions affect the recipient of those random acts of kindness. Here's what they did. They uh, provided questionnaires to both the person performing a good deed and the person on the receiving end of said good deed to see how their mood was impacted. Participants in this study were instructed to do two random acts of kindness within two days. Could be helping a friend uh, or buying lunch for a stranger. So you could uh, you could know someone that you were doing something nice for, or it could be someone just at random. Either way, and uh, on a scale, they had uh, they asked people on a scale of minus five to plus five with minus five being the most negative plus five being the most positive good deed doers believed that the recipients of their good deed would rank 2.32 on the happiness scale. In reality, however, recipients average 3.55 after experiencing said act of kindness. So, we tend to underestimate just how much this will impact the lives of others when we do a good deed. Kind of interesting. Um, 84 in the, uh, now that was uh, how UT Austin uh, gauged this, those researchers. In Chicago, uh, the experiment, 84% participants gathered in a public park where they were asked if they wanted to, where they were given a, couple of, uh, a cup of hot chocolate. And I'm assuming they did this in the wintertime. So they uh, were in the park. They gave them a cup of hot chocolate, and they asked if they want to keep that for themselves or give it to a stranger. 84 participants, all but nine, chose to give it away, with the recipients of the treat rating their positive mood at 3.5 as opposed to the 2.7 that the do-gooders predicted. So again, we underestimate the impact of our good deeds on others. Uh, Both performers of good deeds and the recipients of said good deeds were in better moods afterward, but it was clear that the good deed doers underestimated the value of their actions. Uh, Researcher Amit Kumar says people aren't way off base. They get that being kind to people makes them feel good. What we don't get or what we underestimate is how good it really makes others feel. So something to keep in mind, today is Be an Angel Day, and just more proof that being an angel uh, is a very, very good thing. Today is also National Tooth Fairy Day. It is National Eat a Peach Day. Uh, Never Bean Better Day, B-E-A-N is in baked beans, Never Bean Better Day. It is... <laughs> Never been better day. I love that. National take your cat to the vet day. And today is Bao day. B-A-O Bao. Is that how you pronounce it? National Bao day. I did not know this, but apparently Bao are filled dumplings, also known as steamed buns. And there are many types of these, but they are most commonly filled with a pork mixture eaten at any time of day, although they are very popular during breakfast in some parts of the world. So I had no idea, but today is the day to discover that, I guess. Uh, some of the most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your Monday morning started here. Did you, did you catch the premiere yesterday of the game of Thrones spin-off on HBO max house of the dragon was supposed to premiere yesterday, but not everyone was able to watch it. Um, Apparently, uh, HBO Max streaming could not keep up with the demand. The platform could not keep up with the demand, particular uh, in particular on Fire TV devices. So if you watch on a, on a Roku or a smart TV or uh, something like that, apparently there were le- fewer issues. But if you are watching it on an Amazon Fire TV device, uh, apparently, you had big problems with this. User complaints include the app crashing or freezing once it got past the teaser trailers. So many people trying to watch at the same time that it just got overloaded. So, if that happened to you, uh, you can take solace in the fact that it wasn't just you. Every a lot of people had that uh, issue. But you can uh, you know, watch today, I guess. Now that'd ruin. I mean, that would be that would be really. That'd really stink if you uh, waited the entire weekend <laughs> to, to watch that, uh, that show, and then the app crashes every time you try and start it. Well, that would be a terrible ending to the weekend. But take heart. Uh, I think they've got it fixed, and you can go watch tonight. Give you something to look forward to this evening. So as we're uh, getting up and getting started this morning, this is kind of interesting. Do you wash your hair every day? I think most of us probably do, right? You start your day with a shower, wash your hair. You might be doing it too often if you wash your hair every day. According to hair care experts, Overwashing can leave your hair looking lifeless and dry because essential oils are being stripped away. Instead, they say you should only wash your hair when it looks visibly oily. And for most people, that's just once or twice a week. Now, Please note, you should probably still shower every day. <laughs> you should bathe on a daily basis, but you don't necessarily have to wash your hair, apparently. Uh, for a healthy scalp, according to celebrity hairdresser John Halla, for a healthy scalp, you need natural. Uh, Natural sebum for healthy follicles and washing your hair too regularly will reduce this uh, mineral, this oil, natural oil uh, in your hair, and it'll actually damage your hair. So don't do that, the thing. I I make of that what you will. I just pass the word along. Some of the other uh, more interesting and buzzworthy stories of the day. This is kind of interesting. A new local law in Brazil uh is noteworthy uh apparently they have a a new law that could end the annual celebration of the confederacy in Brazil the US confederacy <laughs> i had i had no idea that in Brazil they they celebrated the US confederacy but apparently, so the Confederate festival has been going on in uh, Sao Paulo uh, over the past four decades, and this is a bizarre celebration. I mean, this is this is something you could never get away with this in this country <laughs> where the confederacy confederacy actually existed. Um, we would Confederates uh, or uh, Confederate reenactors actually set up a slave-owning colony um, to... to, Apparently, Confederates set up a slave-owning colony after the Civil War uh, in Sao Paulo, Brazil. And so they recreate this every year. But a new municipal law bans the use of racist symbols at public events, and that may finally put the kibosh on the annual celebration of the confederacy in brazil uh confederate flags including one of the largest in the world are generally displayed at the festival um, but they will now no longer be allowed the story goes after losing the civil war thousands of defeated confederates went into exile in brazil where they brought with them hundreds of enslaved people and forced them to work in the cotton fields until brazil uh, banned slavery about 20 years 20 25 years after the united states did. so and they and they celebrate this uh every year but perhaps no more. It's weird. <laughs> I don't know. That's just I had no idea that they I now that I I see the story, I seem to recall uh hearing about that in uh, my high school uh history class that uh, confederates a certain group of confederates Uh, fled to brazil i I seem to remember that story but the very idea that they continue to celebrate that in brazil is just bizarre to me but anyway speaking of things that are bizarre to me uh tomorrow is primary day in the state of florida and one candidate for the florida state legislature has been banned from twitter facebook and instagram all at once uh, on the eve of the election for advocating that citizens be allowed to shoot federal agents on (laughs) site. Luis Miguel is running for office in the state legislature, and he posted a tweet that reads, quote, under my plan, all Floridians will have permission to shoot FBI, IRS, ATF, and all other feds on (laughs) site. And he tagged that tweet with the words "Let freedom ring," unquote. Now, uh, Mr. Miguel is running as a Republican for the Florida House District Twenty in tomorrow's primary. He's running as a Republican. I uh, would argue that that is uh, definitely not the traditional Republican platform there, and I know that social media has been criticized for jumping the gun and banning some people for the things that they post on uh online maybe unnecessarily but i think i'm okay with him uh, i think i'm okay with them banning him for <laughs> shooting federal agents on site yeah <clears throat> i ordinarily i would see, Ordinarily, I would uh, see that story and I'd just dismiss it out of hand and it'd be just, you know, I'd say, well, that's stupid and I'd move on. But you know what? In today's climate, I have no idea. That, could this guy get elected? Could this guy actually get elected? I, I, you can't discount it these days. You just never know. Yes. I would hope that there is, that he has absolutely no chance of of actually winning his race. But... And here's something to think about among the first things you need to know this morning. An awkward conversation to have with your significant other, to be sure. A new study suggests that women are less turned on by their husbands after the age of 40. (laughs) Uh, This, even though a woman's libido stays healthy well into her 80s. (laughs) So, you know. She's got plenty of, it's not a decrease in libido on the female side. That goes well into her 80s. But women are less turned on by their husbands after age 40. The study conducted by German and Scottish scientists surveyed 8,000 people. And they have a theory as to why. They say after 40, women often have the confidence and time to enjoy better sex while men don't see the need to change things hmm i don't like i said just put that in your brain something to think about maybe an awkward conversation to have with your significant other but maybe it's important there you go some of the most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your monday morning started
1: WFIN News, I'm Matt Emchek. Your WTOL 11 weather. Partly cloudy today, a chance of showers and storms, a high of 80. Partly cloudy tonight, low of 62. The Corey Rawson weight room was dedicated as the Dominic Francis weight room, a.k.a. the Dom, ahead of the football opener against Bluffton Friday night. We spoke with Corey Rawson Athletic Director Caleb Scott about how much Dominic meant to both communities.
0: There was no stranger to him, either in the, the Bluffton community or here at Corey Rawson, and so just means a lot to be able to do this in his name and, uh, and to recognize such a great human being. So.
1: Dominic was a police officer for Bluffton and a coach and substitute teacher for his alma mater of Corey Rawson. In March, he was placing stop sticks on I-75 in Bluffton in an effort to end a pursuit of a stolen car when he was struck and killed by the fleeing vehicle. See video of the weight room dedication on the website. The Ohio State Highway Patrol will be focusing on removing impaired drivers from the roadways during the drive sober or get pulled over campaign, which is underway now and continues through the busy Labor Day weekend. Last year, the Highway Patrol says 720 people were killed in OVI-related crashes in Ohio and more than 8,000 injured. A lot of Ohio communities continue to have the same problem they've had for years.
2: Recruiting and retaining volunteer firefighters.
1: Right now, the average age is 52 to 53 years old. They want to leave. They want to retire. They've done 25 or 30 years with their department. But a lot of them are staying around because there's not enough young people coming in.
2: Now an Ohio task force is trying to find solutions to get more recruits, but they say the problem is getting worse. That task force will continue getting input from communities around the state in the coming weeks.
1: WTOL 11's Amanda Fay talking with Ohio State Fire Marshal Kevin Reardon. Tickets are now on sale for the Hancock Historical Museum's Historic Barn Tour. Executive Director Sarah Sisser says each barn tells a unique story about the farm on which it sits and the families who've owned it.
2: We do um, chain of title research, deed research, genealogy research, so that we can really get the whole story.
1: The self-guided tour will be held on Saturday, September 10th and features six historic barns in Hancock County. On the website, we have more details about the event and a link where you can order tickets. I'm Matt Demchak for 1330 WFIN and 95.5 FM.
0: Well, don't look now, but it is almost time for the 2022 Hancock County Fair, about a week and a half away. And so joining us in the studio this morning, Ag Society President Jeff Cole. And uh, Fair and Events Manager Haley Reese uh, to uh, give us a preview of what is new this year. And here's a hint, uh, there is a lot that is new this year, uh, actually. There are uh, quite a few things to uh, talk about here. First of all, thank you both for uh, for joining us. Haley, I know you are a new face uh, for, uh, for a lot of folks. You've been here uh, on the job for, what, you were saying about uh, four or five months. Yes. Guess, yeah, so... Uh, and kind of settling in. Are you ready for uh, all of this that's uh, about to <laughs> about to, have it here?
2: About to happen? We are ready. It is is going to go off without a hitch.
0: It'll there you go. <laughs> like the optimism. There. I, I do, do like it. the optimism. Yeah. Definitely. That's why. That's why she's where she's at. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's talk about some of the things uh, that that people will notice uh, at the fair that are new this year. And I think uh, most people already know. They may have already heard uh, in the entertainment category, the Demolition Derby, has been moved. It's normally been, in the past, sort of like the grand finale of the entertainment uh, at, at the fair, and that's been moved to Saturday evening.
2: Yes. Yes, it has.
0: So, uh, talk a little bit about that decision to, to move. You made room for that because there are some things that won't be happening. Yeah, so... Uh
3: In the past, Saturday night has been rodeo for several years. And then uh, the last couple of years, we've tried a a concert. Mm -hmm. And so uh, this year, the the move was to try the demolition derby on Saturday evening and uh, mix things up. So we'll see how that goes. Um, I'm sure the demo crowd will come out no matter when we oh, have absolutely. it. So it'll it'll be great. It'll be a great time under yeah. the lights this year. Yeah, so, so
0: that'll be cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, to do it under the under the lights. Yeah. So that will be Saturday evening. You do have uh, some music. You mentioned the concert that has uh, been held uh, in the past some years. Uh, eliminating that doesn't mean that there won't be any uh, any music. You have uh, some uh, something called dinner and a show at the uh, <laughs> mini park.
2: Yes. We will have bands playing there throughout the day. It'll be free, so grab your fair food and
3: come on over and watch the bands play.
0: Yeah, that'll be uh, a lot of fun. You've got uh, some uh, great stuff planned uh, for uh, Yeah, we've for got
3: that. Uh, Luke Roush, which uh, is a local uh, guy that uh, most everybody knows. We've got Hunter Hoop coming in on Saturday evening, and then a uh, uh, on Sunday evening will be Folk. Uh, which is a young group coming out of Upper Sandusky, uh, and they do a mix of music from uh, the that'll 70s and yeah. after that. And that'll so be real fun. Yeah, eclectic, very dinner, eclectic. Group. Dinner <laughs> of yeah, the yeah. show.
0: I like the idea there. And, and and aside from that, you've got a lot of the other uh, you know uh, popular stuff uh, coming at the band show. The donkey races are back uh, again this year. Yeah,
3: yeah. So. Uh, Although there's some changes, it's mostly the same. Yeah, Like you said, band shows Wednesday night, donkey races Wednesday night, cash scramble Thursday night, mm-hmm. um, and um, and then Sunday is the tractor pulls. Mm-hmm. Saturday night is, um, I know I'm jumping around on the days, yeah. is the horse pulls, which is always a, a big yeah. fan favorite. So.
0: Yeah, so uh, a lot of those things are, uh, are back this year. A uh, couple of uh, things with respect to uh, ticketing for the yeah. fair this year. So let's let folks know what the new things are, what they need to know about that.
3: All right. Well, so the tickets are uh, available online now, and we would encourage you to buy your tickets now, Mm -hmm. online, ahead of time, before you get to the gate. Don't stand in line. If you've got your ticket bought ahead of time, you'll be able to walk through the gate almost without uh, slowing down. Tickets are the same price, whether you buy them online or at the gate. Mm -hmm. And uh, those tickets' uh, fees are going to be, um, $10 adult admission, $5 for youth. That's for youth that are 10 and 17. So that's a change from last year.
0: Right.
3: It, is, it had for years been 16 and under with an adult. Now, if you're 10 to 17, you get in for $5. Kids nine and under will get in free with an adult. Okay. And um, the other change is you cannot buy a season ticket at the gate.
0: Need uh, to get those. You'll need to get those
3: online ahead of time if you want. Um,
0: uh, season ticket and there are a couple of specials uh, that you're doing for Thursday and Friday
2: yes Thursday is in by three you get in for free so again in by 3 p.m. you're in for free and Friday is in by five for five dollars
0: okay so uh again some discounts there right. uh on the thursday
3: fighter specials and you have
0: to get those <laughs> tickets online you need to get those you cannot tickets. just walk
3: up to the gate and walk in okay for free you've got to have that ticket so that you, you got online so
0: even though it's a free admission there is a ticket involved you need to get that uh that online right. in that advance right. That's now right. keeping in mind you can actually get them online in advance like uh when you Parking. Get out of your car on your mobile device. That's
3: right. That's right. (laughs) If you need help, come to the gate. We can help you at the gate, but you'll need to get those online.
0: And uh, with respect Mm -hmm. to the gates, there are a couple of gates where there's no cash uh, accepted. Yes, that's right,
3: Chris. So that change is um, is is one that we want to make sure everyone is aware of. So we will still have two cash gate admission from mm-hmm. our south uh, parking lot that's where 90% of the fairgoers come to the fair anyway mm-hmm. so there won't be uh, any disruption for those folks but anybody who has traditionally came in the wyandot gate Wyndotte mm-hmm. Street Gate or the Sandusky Street Gate, where they can walk in. Okay. Uh, there will be no cash there. So you will need your ticket ahead of time, or you can purchase a ticket with a card at those gates. Okay. But
0: no cash. So make note of, uh, of that. And uh, let me see here. There was a – oh, uh, speaking of gates, there was something else that we wanted to mention. The uh, Apparently the, the Sandusky Gate, uh, there's a – Slight like, move. Some, yeah, some Slight something move. different there. So explain what that will be. Well,
3: so so the, the um, Sandusky Gate will be out near the street at mm-hmm. the northeast corner of the property.
0: Okay.
3: And that will be the walk-in gate. You can pull across the front of the property there, drop people off, pick people up, and then proceed back onto Sandusky Street. But those of uh, anyone, so, because sometimes folks park over at the Masonic Temple there and okay. walk over to Sandusky, you can still get in at the Sandusky Gate, but not at our main entrance, but at our exit entrance.
0: Oh, okay. All right. So uh, make note of uh, of those. Correct, so, correct. A uh, couple of slight changes. little changes. Yeah. Uh, With respect to uh, ticketing and the gates and all of that. Uh, other stuff that is new, new ride... Uh, new ride company on the Midway?
2: Yes, we are using Michael's Amusements from North Carolina. We just had a meeting with them last week, and they are great. We okay. are so excited to work from them, and we will be running a special on that $25 wristband on... Thursday is a BOGO special, so twenty-five dollars on Thursday BOGO special.
0: So Thursday is Thursday is a great day. Yeah, it's gonna mean, be a hot days. day at the fair. Yeah, I mean Thursday uh, again with the uh, in by three again in free. You've got the BOGO on the uh, on the rides. That is a, a great. Uh, great day for families so definitely a day to circle uh on the uh, calendar and a
3: great day to come to the fair and get your food for lunch too. all the folks that are working in town come on down yeah, absolutely
0: uh what are some of the other things that people need to know and it, again i wanted to highlight some of the things that were new and uh, a lot of things to talk about there but what are some of the other uh, highlights that we need to uh, make sure that people are aware of
3: you want to hit one I'll hit one. Go ahead. All right. <laughs> so, so this year, uh, we're excited that we're going to be giving out a couple of scholarships. It's the first time that uh, the Hancock County Ag Society has given out scholarships, so we're going to announce those winners. We've gone through the application process and the evaluation process, and we're going to announce those uh, recipients at the opening ceremonies on Tuesday evening. So uh, we're excited about that, something new, something we're
0: committed to, to give back to the youth awesome stuff what else is uh that people need to know about ahead of the uh the fair next week
2: i did want to point out in regards to the rides too on wednesday thursday and friday the rides open at 3 p.m so you can come out then and on saturday sunday and monday rides open at two o'clock
0: okay all right uh all really good stuff uh looking forward to uh uh, another great fair. It all starts on uh, Wednesday and uh, we will be there Wednesday, Thursday, Friday morning as, uh, as always to uh, kick the uh, mornings off for those uh, first three days of the fair. We're looking forward to uh, to being there and seeing all y'all yeah. at the uh, Hancock <laughs> County Fair uh, once again. You've got more information for folks about all of this stuff on the uh, website, right?
2: Yes, on our new and improved website at HancockFairgrounds.org
0: And we have that linked up at our web page again uh fair manager uh, fair president uh jeff cole and event uh, fair and events manager haley reese with us this morning thanks very much for dropping by we thank appreciate you, it thank you on 20
3: years Chris. well
0: thank you very much <laughs> got a little bit of persistent fog here this morning that actually is causing some school delays in some of the outlying areas Of course, not for Hancock County schools, because Hancock County students aren't back in class yet, but will be, uh, at least in the city of Findlay, uh, beginning tomorrow. And uh, that means that it is time for a reminder of what the law says about uh, driving in school zones and around school buses as those kids head back to class. uh, Brian White is with us from the uh, Findlay Police Department. We haven't had to think about this for a few weeks. No, uh, it's been a a while.
4: (laughs) That's the beauty of uh, summertime, right? You get a little bit of time off. You don't really have to worry about it.
0: You know, and it's one of those things that especially I I drive by uh, Findlay High School quite often, uh, especially coming back and forth uh, to work and uh, in the summertime, don't have to worry about it. Absolutely. Here beginning tomorrow, so, uh, that's a school zone again.
4: So. Yep, needs to be back on the radar. I um, mean, a lot of people tend to forget about that over the summertime. Exactly. Uh, and maybe they might not be familiar with when school is starting. Right. So, they're just not aware of when to slow down. Yeah. Kind of- so...
0: Let's, so talk, talk about what, uh, what the law actually says with respect to school zones. <laughs> well, we'll start
4: there. Well, you know, honestly, we get a lot of questions about it because the law can be a little bit confusing, mm-hmm. quite honestly. What the law says is that the 20 mile an hour speed limit is in effect during school reso- recess and while children are going to or leaving school. During the opening or closing hours. Okay. So it's pretty vague, right? Yeah. And they leave it vague like that because every school has different times. Mm -hmm. Maybe not so much here in Finley where most of the schools are opening at the same time, but say the difference between primary, middle school, Mm -hmm. and high school hours. Right. So that's why the law is written that way. Now, the spirit of the law is to keep children safe. So Mm -hmm. anytime that children are present, that's really when the law is designed to be in place.
0: Yeah. I know because sometimes uh, I'll go by, uh, obviously, there are no kids out. They're all in the building, and yet the lights will still be on, saying, 20 miles an hour. Does that mean if the lights are on, we're still required to slow down?
4: Well, not not necessarily. The the way the lights are, the school zones are not required to have lights or any notification. Right? It's just based up to the driver to Mm -hmm. decide when... (laughs) <laughs> that is. Now, yeah. we, we are only out there enforcing that when children are present, right? Okay. That, that's part of what the law requires. Okay. So let's say um, middle schools. I know it's uh, quite a bit with Glenwood. Mm-hmm. Those lights are not flashing during the noon hours, okay. right? Because kids are in class. Right. Uh, now, their parents might be picking them up uh, in the middle of school, but usually mm-hmm. it's right at uh, yeah. the doors. Right. Exactly. So those lights are usually only on when okay. children are being dropped off or picked up in the afternoon.
0: Okay. But if for whatever reason somebody forgets to flip the switch or it doesn't, you know. right? And sometimes
4: that's what it is. Uh,
0: Now, you mentioned schools are not necessarily required to have the lights. And again, I mentioned Finley High School right up the road on Broad Avenue, Heritage Christian is there, no lights, but still a school zone.
4: That's correct. Yep, uh, Finley City Schools, uh, they decide to be a little more proactive about things, and they put up these lights as mm-hmm. just that extra reminder to right. give drivers that notification. Hey, just so you know, there yeah. is a school zone here. Yeah. Be alert to it. And they try to keep it updated with uh, the right times. Mm-hmm. However, you'll see it on sometimes when there's no school, right? right. Uh, Martin Luther King yeah. Day or… Exactly. You know, Exactly. even during the summer sometimes
0: yeah <laughs> so. um so but all the the rules still apply whether or not there are lights uh correct. because that's correct. an easy one again we mentioned heritage christian is just an example that's an easy one to miss absolutely uh, you know and and forget about especially when you've just gone through the <laughs> one uh, for finley city schools or for the uh, high school so
4: absolutely correct
0: definitely want to make sure that you're aware of all of
4: that yeah so what we always try to advise people is that when it comes to school zones if you see children present Slow down. Slow down to 20. Because Good rule that, of thumb. that is the rule of thumb, right? I mean, yeah. we want to keep children safe. That's the biggest point of those speed zones.
0: And to that point, um, it's not just around school zones, especially in the city. You're going to have kids walking to school. There may be kids just about anywhere in neighborhoods within a mile or so of, of school Absolutely. who are walking and, and so on. And I know, especially in the first few days of school, they're not thinking about you as a driver. So you've got to be... Extra vigilant,
4: absolutely. Um, a lot of times, something else might be on their mind. Yeah, you, you know they're just yeah they're heading attention. back to school.
0: <laughs> you know they're heading back to school. They got other things on their minds.
4: So. Absolutely, and I kind of brought my uh, daughter Summer along to speak to a couple of those uh, rules that we should talk about when it comes to children and safety at the bus stop. You want to talk about those real quick? Okay, all right, Summer, lay it on us here.
2: So when uh when going to the bus stop, look both ways before crossing the street. Stay away from the road. Don't talk to strangers. Stay at the bus stop. Follow directions of the bus driver. Have all your stuff packed the night before.
0: All very good advice. Yes, very especially advice. the
4: have everything packed the night before because we see this a lot, scrambling in the mornings to mm-hmm. get around, get all the stuff together, run to the bus stop.
0: Yeah. And and that's when accidents can happen because people are not thinking about, you know. And again, Absolutely. the kids probably are, are not, Thinking traffic safety.
4: Well, uh, and, and even drivers. Is, uh, again, school starting up, not really yeah. aware of when exactly. school starts. Just kind of driving along your yeah. own normal clip, not maybe not paying attention. Mm-hmm. A lot of accidents happen because of driver inattention. Absolutely.
0: Uh, now we mentioned uh, kids and buses. Let's talk a little bit about sure. the school bus uh, safety. And again, what does the law say with respect to school buses and what drivers sure. have to do?
4: So, when we're talking about a two-lane road or a three-lane road, a three-lane maybe uh, would be something like Blanchard Street. Like Blanchard, right? Yeah. Traffic is required to stop both directions. So, what's going to happen is the school bus driver, they're going to activate their amber lights. That's just kind of giving everyone a heads up. Mm-hmm. Hey, the bus is stopping. Right. So they are going to wait till traffic is clear. Then they're going to activate the red lights. And well by the are. way,
0: the amber lights, just like on a stop so, <laughs> it doesn't a stop light, speed up. <laughs> yeah,
4: yeah,
0: green is go, red is stop, yellow doesn't mean floor it. Yeah, so, absolutely correct.
4: You know, again, especially around a bus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, bad it. idea, bad yeah. idea. So, so what, once the bus is stopped at a safe, uh, stable environment, uh, the bus driver is going to again look for uh, cars. Just that extra safety measure. Mm-hmm. Then they're going to give the kids permission to either come onto the bus or discharge from the bus
0: yeah and then you as a driver uh have to stay stopped again from either direction until the bus starts moving again right
4: that's correct until they deactivate the red lights that's kind of what we tell people those red lights are just like any other red light once they're off you're free to move
0: okay um now again you're talking two lane and three lane roads not necessarily four-lane or divided uh, roads like boulevards sure. and, and things like yeah, that. Absolutely. So the different rules apply.
4: Yep, basically on a four-lane street, uh, bus drivers are not permitted to allow kids to kind of cross the four-lane roads because yeah. it's much more dangerous. Right, Kids need to go up to a traffic light to cross at that intersection governed mm-hmm. by a crosswalk. So, uh,
0: again, if you're on a four-lane, and that's actually good to know, because if you're, if you're stopping when you're not supposed to, that can also cause traffic yeah, Absolutely. <laughs> so,
4: Especially if you got cars behind you that aren't realizing that you're going to exactly. stop. Someone slams I mean, on the brakes because they see the red lights. You
0: might think, better safe than sorry, <laughs> but you're actually not necessarily being safe if you don't have to stop. Right. All so, it's
4: doing is creating uh, yeah. slow-down traffic for everyone else, mm-hmm. and that's not safe either.
0: Right. So, uh, again... These are the sort of rules of the road uh, to uh, to keep in mind with respect to school zones and school buses. And this is serious stuff. I mean, this, these are serious violations if you are uh, if you don't follow the rules.
4: Yep. Anytime that we're talking about passing a school bus, I mean, that's a mandatory court appearance. You have to show up to court. You got to be able to explain to the judge why you passed a stop school bus. Yeah. No one wants to be in that situation, right? Mm-hmm. Anytime that we're talking about speeding in a school zone, there's increased fines penalties obviously 20s i mean you're talking 15 mile an hour difference between 20 35 on top of whatever speed you might have been going right
0: but yeah and and i i know because i've i'm guilty of it and i think every driver is thinking man 20 miles an hour it's it's tough, tough to tough. get down to that uh, that <laughs> number and stay there you just uh, about want to turn
4: on your cruise control just to a, go at that speed <laughs> takes
0: a lot of takes a lot of self-control but again For- it's all for safety
4: right yeah, and it's just designed in case someone a child darts out into the roadway It gives you time to stop because you are going that slow yeah right
0: you would never do that right summer you never dart out in front of it there you go she's she's shaking, she,
4: she's her, shaking head. her head now. <laughs> We, we make sure that she would never do that.
0: There you go. Uh, it's that exactly what we would expect? Again, uh, Finley Police uh, Department, uh, Brian White with us uh, this morning talking about uh, r- reminders for drivers uh, as the kids start to uh, head back to school. Very, very important to uh, keep in mind because, again, we haven't had to think about this for a while. Brian, thanks very much for dropping by. We
4: you bet, Chris. Thanks for having me. We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert.
0: Today's update on the odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veterans Services. (laughs) Dateline, Oceanside, California. It's a lovely, lovely town on the Pacific Ocean. Uh, But this is weird. (laughs) Police are on the lookout for a forklift that was stolen from the local Home Depot store. (laughs) (laughs) They <laughs> stole a forklift. Was last seen Saturday afternoon around 3:40 p.m. And in the middle of the day, a brazen daylight forklift fork, forklifting forklift jacking. That what we would call it. Not a carjacking. It was a forklift jacking, I guess. In the middle of the afternoon, store manager reported the black and yellow mover stolen, and that prompted a big law enforcement response they searched the entire area even called in a helicopter to help them search for the stolen forklift and came up empty. <laughs> how do you miss? <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I don't know how did he get away with it? I mean it's there, those things don't move very quickly you would think that somebody would have noticed that but uh, anyway the uh, forklift is still missing ocean side uh anyone with any information encouraged to call police <clears throat> elsewhere in the uh, broken news here's uh, an item from the international file kind of interesting a uh traveler uh, oh uh rio de janeiro a shopping center in rio de janeiro a two kids will do just about anything and get themselves into all sorts of predicaments If you turn your back on them for even a moment and a mom in Rio de Janeiro found this out the hard way when she was shopping with her two year old boy, turned her back and found that no sooner had she been distracted for just a moment. But the little boy had climbed into the toy claw machine after he didn't win a prize. (laughs) He didn't win a prize. So he figured I'll take care of this myself um firefighters actually had to be called in to help free him uh the uh little boy the name of samuel that's all i know i don't even have mom's name here in the uh, report just says samuel uh, mom says samuel is very mischievous (laughs) the uh, little boy suffered no injuries and the owner of the claw machine has promised to make modifications to the device So it doesn't happen again. (laughs) The claw. (laughs) Like that scene from Toy Story. The claw decides who will stay and who will go. (laughs) Climbed inside of the claw machine. Mm Okay. Elsewhere in the uh, broken news, and this is all kinds of weird. I mean, this is just weird. Authorities say an Arkansas woman stole body parts from a mortuary to sell them online. Ugh. A Pennsylvania man allegedly purchased the body parts from the woman identified in court documents as Candace Scott. Uh body parts including hands, hearts, lungs, brains, and skin. The Pennsylvania man stored him stored them in his basement. What he wanted with it, I have no idea. Someone made the grisly discovery and called police in Pennsylvania who worked with FBI agents in Arkansas, determined that the remains were the property of the University of Arkansas uh, from their uh, research mortuary. They've been stolen from It says uh, they've been stolen and then mailed via the U.S. Postal Service. <laughs> Ugh, this is all kinds of weird. So Candace Scott is in trouble. Obviously, Jeremy Pauly, the buyer of said stolen body parts, now facing numerous criminal charges. Um, <laughs> I don't know. That's just weird. I mean, what what would possess someone to do something like that—to either sell body parts online or uh, or buy them, for that matter? I don't. Uh, this from Bain, Braintree, Massachusetts. Braintree, Massachusetts. Somehow, a uh, woman managed to squeeze her SUV through the entrance to the local mall and drive it around the second floor of the con- complex. <laughs> Who says there's never any excitement in the mall anymore? Uh, local news reports say the incident happened at the South Shore Plaza in Braintree, Massachusetts. A uh, woman who is behind the wheel of a Lincoln MKX drove. That's not a small SUV, is it? I mean, that's a pretty good size SUV. Drove it 60 yards down the pedestrian walkway in the second floor of the mall. The store manager of Squishables, <laughs> Stacy Bartko, uh, tells local news reporters, I heard the security lady start screaming, Stop! And by the time I got up to the window, I realized there was a big SUV outside. Uh, people on the other side of the mall took out their phones, began filming the bizarre event. Reports say people dove into stores as the woman cruised down the path and ran over a planter. Thankfully, no one was hurt. As for how the car got inside, police a previous accident took out the safety bollard before the sliding doors. So when her car approached, the sliding doors opened right up and she drove right in. The woman was taken to the hospital for an evaluation. Uh, In the meantime, police have revoked her license because they say she is a threat. (laughs) Yeah, I'd say that would do it. Yeah, She's a threat. I'm hard to argue with that. And also from Massachusetts, not very often that we have uh, stories out of Massachusetts, even one, much less two. But here is a story from Falmouth, Massachusetts, where a woman, through caution and common sense to the wind, When she visited the Woods Hole Science Aquarium in Falmouth, Massachusetts, the seal pool is located on the outside of the facility and is protected by a tall safety barrier. But apparently not tall enough because a woman, uh, Eileen Watson is her name, hopped off her bike shortly after the exhibit opened for the day scaled the fencing, and dove in to swim with the seals. Visitors were shocked. And I would imagine so were aquarium employees. Um, the uh, uh, one witness says, I was pretty shocked that she would jump into the tank. It seemed very strange. <laughs> Even stranger, after the woman was yanked out of the pool by staff members, she jumped back on her bicycle and pedaled off as if nothing had happened. uh, spokesperson for the aquarium terry frady said staff called police who managed to locate the woman she was taken to an area hospital for evaluation there's that line again this is the first full-blown middle of the day diving in the pool everybody can see event the aquarium spokesperson said Uh, ken watson an area resident who also witnessed the entire event Was rather amused by the whole thing, telling local news reporters, these are wonderful days in Falmouth. (laughs) He says you just never know what you're going to (laughs) see. I just love the reaction. These are wonderful days. never know what you're going to (laughs) see. There you go. Uh, That is today's broken news report. This update on the odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service, more or less. FM
5: Online at WFIN.com and on your smartphone, tablet, and Alexa devices.
0: Time now for your daily download, the numbers behind the news and the statistics that shape our lives. And this is kind of interesting with the kids uh, getting set to uh, head back to school. A recent survey of 2,000 parents with school-age kids finds that 7 in 10 parents believe that their child today is more creative than they were at their age. Uh, 71% say their kids are more creative than they were at that age, and books may be the driving force. Half of parents say they purchase books for their child at least once a month. The average child has about 26 books, 21 of which are of their own choosing. Only 6% of the average kid's book collection is made up of required reading for school. And there's nothing wrong with required reading, but it is sort of heartening to know that uh, kids are not limiting their reading choices to just what they are assigned to uh, read in school. Um, only 6% of the average kid's book collection made up of required reading for school. This is a poll conducted by OnePoll on behalf of Thrift Books. Uh, the survey also found that parents are more likely to enjoy sharing their favorite books with their kids. 58% say they're, uh, they share their favorite books with their kids, uh, the favorite books that they had when they were young, their kids, uh, more so than TV shows, 50%. Uh, 47% they said they share uh, their favorite toys with their kids and forty four percent say they share their favorite places or experiences so books like rank right up there in terms of making that connection between parents and kids, which is also kind of cool uh parents uh gen z parents in particular showing uh let's try that again Gen Z parents in particular enjoy showing their kids their beloved books from their childhood more than any other age group seventy six percent of Gen Zers say that they will share those uh, favorite books with their kids. Overall, parents and kids both enjoy reading often. 65% of parents do, and about the same amount uh, think that their kids do as well. To that end, the average parent and child each devote about five hours a week to reading. And again, that's certainly good uh, to hear. As for favorite genres of books... 32% 32% of parents say their kids enjoy adventure books. Other popular picks 27% say fantasy titles. 27% uh, just responded general fiction titles. And 27% say their kids enjoy mystery stories. <laughs> To your health this morning, August is Psoriasis Awareness Month. It is a condition that can have a significant impact on a person's day-to-day quality of life. And even though it is not uh, a rare disease by any stretch, there have been only minimal advancements in treatment over the past Quarter century or so, but that changed recently with uh, with FDA approval of a new topical treatment for adults living with plaque psoriasis. Gloria is one such patient. She is with us this morning along with Dr. Linda Steingold, director of dermatology clinical research at Detroit's Henry Ford Health System. And Dr. Steingold, I'll start with you. What is plaque psoriasis? We'll start with the basics. What is this? What are some of the biggest challenges that those with this condition will face?
6: Well, psoriasis is a chronic inflammatory skin condition, and plaque psoriasis is the most common type of psoriasis. About 90% of psoriasis patients have plaque psoriasis, and what you see are these plaques on the skin, which are raised, elevated lesions. They get this buildup of white, silvery scales, and it can occur anywhere on the body. We see it on the elbows and knees, but it can also be on the face. It can be on the skin folds. It's not just a cosmetic concern. It can be itchy. It can be painful for a lot of these patients. They're isolated. They have anxiety and depression. And the disease really starts to take over their lives.
0: Gloria, you uh, know all about this firsthand. You have lived with plaque psoriasis for uh, about the past decade uh, or so, is my understanding. What has been the most uh, significant challenge for you in managing this or in dealing with this?
5: Well, everything that Dr. Steingold mentioned has played into my life, but some of the more um, you know, tougher ones were, because I've had it for 10 years, uh, plexoriasis comes and goes in flare-ups, and at times I can have bad flare-ups in more visible places like my elbows, the back of my neck, and things that can happen, for example, are if strangers sees you, especially if they're young, they tend to just speak with no filter and they can come up to you and say, oh dear, what did you do to the back of your neck that looks so painful? Which kind of becomes embarrassing. And then other things that have been difficult to deal with are you know, if somebody invites me to a poolside party and I've got a flare up going on, I don't want to show up with long sleeves and pants, so I tend not to go. And that's where plaque psoriasis can actually develop into your mental health issues because then you start self-isolating and that can lead to depression. So I'd say that's probably the biggest challenge. Um, Dr.
0: Steingold, is is this a hereditary condition? Is this, you know, do we know what causes this? Well, we do
6: know that there is a hereditary component, and a lot of people have family members that also have psoriasis. Gloria, I believe you have a family member as well. Um, so we don't know the exact cause. Hmm. We do know that um, it's an inflammatory skin condition, and we do know it's not contagious. So that's really important.
0: Yeah. Uh, now, as we mentioned, uh, recently the FDA approved a new topical treatment Is a first big advance in quite some time. Tell us more about this.
6: Yeah, it's really exciting because 9 out of 10 of our plaque psoriasis patients use some form of topical therapy. and We haven't had anything new, really new, in 25 years. So as you mentioned, the FDA just recently approved BTAMA, or 1% to pinner off cream, which is brought to us by Dermavan, for whom we're here today. And what's exciting about this is it's actually a cream that you just use once a day. But for patients like Gloria, who have psoriasis in multiple body areas, you can use it on the thick areas like the elbows and knees, but also on the sensitive areas like the face and the skin folds. We had a lot of clinical trials that support this medication we know that it's safe we know that it's effective and in clinical trials the most common side effects were folliculitis nasopharyngitis contact dermatitis headache itching and flu we have a lot of information that surrounds this particular product and they actually set up a website if you'd like to have more information which is vtama vtama.com
0: Gloria, as a patient advocate, what uh, advice would you have uh, for others who are in a similar situation as yours?
5: I would definitely recommend anyone with plaxoriasis psoriasis to get a support system around them. Start with just one person, whether it's your spouse, partner, a parent, your best friend, but someone who understands what you're going through, and you can just be yourself with them. You need to love yourself. You need to know it is not your fault that you have this condition. And in that same vein, you have to advocate for yourself. So I strongly urge anyone with plaque psoriasis or someone who suspects they may have it to seek out medical help, either through their general practitioner or better yet with a specialist, a dermatologist.
0: And Dr. Steingold, uh, in in terms of that, what is the takeaway? What is the message Uh, to make sure that that folks uh, hear and understand medically?
6: Yeah, I think the key takeaway is it's a really exciting time for our plaque psoriasis patients. We have some wonderful new treatment options. We can get this condition under control better today than we have in the past. So see your dermatologist and find out what treatment is best for you.
0: Again, Dr. Linda Steingold, Director of Dermatology Clinical Research at Detroit's Henry Ford Health System with us. Gloria is a uh, plaque psoriasis patient, patient advocate for us this morning. And Dr. Steingold, you mentioned the uh, website. And as we always say with medical uh, information, best source of of information for your particular situation is going to be your doctor. But for general information, uh, mention that website again.
6: Yes, it's V T A M A dot com.
0: And we will link that up on our webpage as well. Thank you both for taking the time this morning. We appreciate it. Thanks for having us. Thank you. And that will finish up our podcast for today. Thanks to all of our guests for joining us on the program this morning. Remember, you can get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each day on the show. Of course, that is goodmornings.net. Coming up tomorrow on the program, Blanchard Valley Health System's Dr. Bill Coase will share his reaction to news last week that the CDC will be restructuring its operations to improve timeliness and accountability in the wake of pandemic missteps. Until tomorrow morning, that is good mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, go on out and make it a good day. We'll catch you back here tomorrow.